Hello, Longbox Crusaders, and welcome to another one of our Lost Episodes. I'm Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, here to introduce you to another previously unaired experiment that we here at the Longbox Crusade tried out back in May of 2017. The World Cup of Marvel MCU Movies from Phases 1 and 2. On this episode, Pat, Delvin, and I each took the six Marvel movies from Phase 1 and scored them, giving six points to our favorite, five to our second favorite, and so on. We then tallied the scores to find out which two Marvel films were the MCU Phase 1 champions. Then we did the same thing with Phase 2, which gave us our final four, our top two MCU Phase 1 films and our top two MCU Phase 2 films. We each scored those final four films from four to one, tallied the scores, and narrowed it down to the top two MCU films. And then, of course, we each scored the last two final films with either a two or a one to find out which would be crowned the champion of the MCU franchise from phases one and two. Keep in mind, this was recorded in May 2017, so phase three was still plugging along and had just released Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Three other items of note. Item one. The night we recorded this, there were massive thunderstorms happening. Each of us got kicked off the call at some point. I think I was knocked off like 47 times, or maybe Pat just hung up on me. Huh. Anyway, there are parts where the audio gets a little sketchy, but we've cleaned it up as best as we can, and hopefully you'll get some entertainment out of it. Item two. This is actually Delvin, the Dark Web slash Felix Leiter Williams' first ever appearance on the Long Box Crusade, albeit unaired. This is truly a Long Box Crusade millstone. I I mean milestone. Item number three. Keep an ear out for fan favorite Weasel Skull as he dips into the conversation in the final rounds. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy our World Cup of Marvel Movies Phase 1 and 2. Who will be the champion? Iron Man? Thor? The Avengers? Ant-Man? Hulk? Maybe the Guardians? Let's find out. Welcome to another exciting special edition of the Long Box Crusade. Long Box Crusade's main host and founder is with us tonight. That is Pat Sampson. Say hello to everybody, Pat. Hello. And with us tonight, we have a special guest, first time podcast appearance of a good friend of mine who's wise in the world of comics, my old friend Delvin Williams. Delvin, say hey to everybody. Hey to everybody. I knew it was coming <laughs> the minute I said it. <laughs> All right. We are doing a special episode tonight where we're going to do the World Cup, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you will. Let me explain how that's going to work. The Marvel Cinematic Universe split up into two brackets. Each bracket has six movies in it, and they're split up by the Marvel's official one and phase two. If you're like, oh, I don't quite know what phase one and phase two entails, I will give you a quick reminder. Phase one of the Marvel Universe is when it all kicked off with Iron Man, followed by Incredible Hulk, then Iron Man 2, then Thor, then America the First Avenger, and then the first Avengers movie. That was phase one. In phase two, Marvel released Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. So those are the two brackets we're going to be looking at. So Delvin and Pat and I are going to score out movies, giving our best movies, our highest scores. We're going to hash it out, and then we're going to tabulate the scores, and we're going to have ourselves a little bit of a finals round, and then we'll determine who is the champion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right, is everybody clear on that? Did that make sense? Nope. Yep. yep. Oh, yep. All right, I knew Delvin was going to, yep. Okay. <laughs> I, I got my uh, checkboard in the back here in the basement. We're all set to go. I have a piece of loose leaf, <laughs> and I wrote my score down on it earlier. I was amazed <laughs> that someone had loose leaf. <laughs> well, good. Okay, so the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're all familiar with it. We're going to try to move the show along quicker than normal tonight. So what we'll do is we'll take it one movie at a time, and we'll each talk for 45 minutes on our thoughts on that in particular <laughs> 
No, what I'll do is I'll run down the list. For example, it's going to start with Iron Man. And the way I've got my notes written down, it'll start with Delvin. And Delvin will tell us his favorite thing about the first Iron Man movie and then his least favorite thing about the first Iron Man movie. We may generate a quick discussion off of that. And then we'll go ahead and move on to the next movie in bracket one until we do all six movies. We'll rotate through. We'll talk about the first one. I'll do the next one, then Pat, so on and so forth. Once we're done with bracket one, we'll assign our scores and then we'll do the same thing for bracket two and we'll see who moves on and who doesn't. Again, I'm sure that makes no sense to anybody, but that's okay. That's going to be fine. All right. (laughs) So just overall, before we get into it real quick, the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe overall, the health of it real quick. Patrick. My thoughts on the state of the Marvel Universe as it is today is very good. I like the way it's headed. As we record, I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2 yet, but am planning to do so. Oh, gotta watch it. My wife, is, I haven't my seen wife it is very excited to see that, so I think we will be taking her there to do that for Mother's Day, so a little behind the scenes. Nice. Yeah, I definitely like the way it is going. For those of that listen to the Longbox Crusade, and for those of you that don't, you should be, because then you would know that I like events. I like the longer story arcs that go on in the comics. So I like the bigger picture stuff that's been going on, even though you get little bits and pieces of it here and there. I like how they tie that universe together. I think it's going good and I'm looking forward to Thor looks kind of interesting as well, too. So I can't wait. I'm just like, let's just get to Infinity already, you know? Infinity War. I don't It's war, right? I, yeah, thank so, you. I, I, I'm so used to the gauntlet. So they haven't introduced the gauntlet yet. I don't believe that done the stones mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm excited to see that i'm like oh yeah so let's go good thoughts pat i'm proud of Thank you, you. you're I, catching you, into this yeah, whole broadcasting yeah, I, <laughs> I think i'm getting into this comic book stuff i'm learning <laughs> all right delvin thoughts on the marvel cinematic universe as it is today i'll start by answering by talking about just a few years ago i mean and it was one of the phase two movies guardians of the galaxy because that answers the whole question to me you know when they were talking about we're gonna risk a movie you know gonna be called guardians of the galaxy and it's like okay you know i've read comic books for a little bit of time here and i've read a little bit about guardians of the galaxy but they're d-list like why the heck would marvel even do this they're nuts but they're at a point where they could introduce a group of d-list characters and everybody would was like, okay, you've got the clout enough that you can do this. And so they did it, and it was freaking amazing. The movie just blew everybody away, and everyone is loving Peter Quill and Drax the Destroyer and all this stuff. And just like it happened with Iron Man, like now they have a bigger prominence in the Marvel Universe and all that. And now the movie universe, it, it almost can do no wrong. You can see a movie like Doctor Strange that just came out a little bit ago, and you look at it, it's like, yeah, that was a good movie. When a movie like like Doctor Strange could have came out, say, 2005, and you'd have been like, this is freaking amazing. You're so used to excellent product put out now that it's just like it's expected. You're like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. So, you know, my answer is they're humming along as well as they ever have. They're in a great position, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't have anything original to add. I think Delvin hit it. When you can make Guardians of the Galaxy the household name, you can do anything. It's a meme now. Top of the meme is DC Universe. We're not really sure if we can come up with a Wonder Woman movie. And then on the bottom of it is Marvel's like, we just made a movie with a tree and a rack. <laughs> yeah it's funny it's almost like they almost went back if we want to give credit where it's due i give endless amounts of credit to the blade franchise for really lighting this whole candle a lot of people get that but it was the same thing i think i remember even going to delvin because i worked at the movie theater and i got a preview and it said blade on it yeah and i said delvin they're making a blade movie and you were like no they're not and i was like i don't think they are either <laughs> And then we watched the preview and we're like, man, that looked kind of good. Yeah. And then weird how Marvel kind of led with such an under-the-radar character that nobody knew was a Marvel character. And in full credit to Delvin, I remember him actually saying at one point, he said, if Marvel wants to be successful, they need to take movies like Blade and put a huge, noticeable Marvel logo on the front of those things. And boy, did they ever. <laughs> yeah. And now you link Marvel up with the oh, Disney sure. machine yeah. and it's like they're printing money at this point. It's, mm-hmm. It is insane what they're doing. They have 
have everything from advertising to marketing. All of it is just this well-oiled machine right now. And I mean, as a comic book fan, I couldn't be happier. I remember when Spider-Man came out. What was that, like 2002, 2003? So the late 20s. And I'm sitting there with this big grin on my face. Like I'm a seven, eight-year-old. Like I can't believe that they mm. just putting a live action Spider-Man movie on the big screen and they're taking this seriously. It's not the cheesy, you know, Roger Corman, Fantastic Four and all that crap. It's no. legitimate, serious treatment. And ever since they've done that, we're in a great age. They certainly are. Well said. Good job, team. I'm proud of you. It's like you prepared for this. Thank you, teacher. <laughs> Let's kick this off. Let's start going down our list. Let's go through the Phase 1 Marvel Cinematic Movies in our first bracket and see who comes out on top. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the top two winners of Phase 2 and the top two winners of Phase 1. So we'll have a final four. We'll we'll pair that down to two, and then we'll pick a champion. But let's jump right into Phase 1. Like I said before, we're going to let Delvin kick it off. And just, Delvin, tell us your favorite thing about the original Iron Man, your least favorite thing about it. We can run scores at the end, so just highs and lows of... Iron Man. Okay. I'd say probably the biggest high of it was, especially given the time that it came out, was how well it was made. I remember just being blown away at Robert Downey Jr. Yes, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, by the end of the movie, you're like, this is Tony freaking Stark. So the best part of the movie to me was Robert Downey. They just nailed the characterization even to the point where he might be stepping away sometime soon and people almost freaking out like, oh my God, he's Iron Man. How can anyone do anything? It was him. I'd say the worst thing about it, it was a little bit slow, you know, in that it was an origin story, but that's kind of to be expected. They pretty much told you, hey, we're going to tell you who this character is, and then if you like the character, then the next movie, we're going to really start getting into some storytelling. So it was a little bit slow as far as the action goes, but Robert Downey Jr., he just made his mark in that movie. So that's my best and worst. Excellent, excellent. I would agree with that. I do agree with Robert Downey is the breakaway guy that makes that movie. I like the story of it as well, too. They were more truer to the comic, I think, than in other past movies. I like that as well. I didn't mind them taking the time for that kind of origin part of it. Where my bad part is, is when he gets to the end and fighting, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Was it Stain? Yeah. Stain, I'm, like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, that part I didn't like. Yeah, I think it did suffer from not a great yeah, villain. Yeah, because it's like, they get to the villain part of it and it's like, oh, uh, alright. It was alright, I just, I don't know. I could have yeah. used a more, more villainous. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Alright, good run down on initial Iron Man kickoff. Let's roll next into The Incredible Hulk was the next film that came out. So I'll just hit my highs and lows of Incredible Hulk. The highs, I thought that Edward Norton did a really good job. I was uh, actually kind of sad when I found out he wasn't coming back for the Avengers movies, or I guess he's not coming back at all. Mark Ruffalo, he does a fine job. I just prefer Norton a little more. So I liked his performance. I liked that we had a nice big blowout battle with Abomination at the end. Overall, I enjoyed it. My strongest dislike for it was actually going back to the big blowout battle. I have a hard time getting into complete EGI battles. I just kind of feel like I'm watching a cutscene to a video game. I mean, it was cool looking and all that, but it just didn't leave a big mark on me. So those are my highs and lows of The Incredible Hulk. I still really enjoy the film. Those are my thoughts. Does anyone have any burning ads or subtracts for that one? To be honest, I I have only seen Incredible Hulk the last maybe 45 minutes or half an hour of it. So I would agree with that low part. It's watching that, you know, when the guy turns into abomination and all that. I do agree with you with Norton, but I also like Ruffalo too. Maybe that's just because I haven't seen the whole part of Norton. I haven't really been an Incredible Hulk guy. So I guess I never really had wanted to go and look at the rest of that movie. I didn't really know at the time either that it was part of the universe. That's not Hey, I'm just being honest. Yeah, they did that trailer at the end of it. I think it was Nick Fury and Thor's hammer, maybe something like that. Something I can't remember. (laughs) It was kind of like, huh, why are they showing this? This is interesting. I thought it was a pretty good movie. And Ed Norton did do a good job as Bruce Banner and as the Hulk. Do I miss him? Yeah. I mean, Ruffalo came in. He's done an admirable job. For whatever reason, at least up until this point, Marvel just hadn't stuck the landing to me with a Hulk movie. The first one just Hulk. That was an abomination. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, not 
it wasn't great, but Incredible Hulk. So it basically went from like an F to a C. You know, they haven't nailed that Hulk movie. I hope they give it another chance. You know, Marvel's in full swing right now. They could probably get it done a little bit better. If they do, do, it do you again. think he could hold his own movie? Or I think he works better when he's with other people. I think at this point he could. It would just depend on the story. Okay. You look at the previews for Thor Ragnarok. And I mean, if they did like Planet Hulk or yeah, War, I could see War that. Hulk, that could be pretty devastating. But it, it would just depend how they treat it. I mean, Hulk, he's a tough yeah. character, you know? With his buildup and all the other ones that he's been in, I do believe he couldn't sustain it. And doing a World War Hulk would be kind of cool. Definitely. I'd sign on for that. But yeah, he's a tough character to pull down in a solo movie. It kind of really comes down to the performance of your Bruce Banner. Because these days you have to have a CGI Hulk. Any other thoughts on Hulk? I think we yep. covered it. All right. Pat, you have the lead on Iron Man 2. Oh, my high is that there was a lot more action in this movie. So mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. Story-wise, I think it could have used a little bit more on the story. You know, they brought in Hammer. And it's one of my least favorite of the three movies for the Iron Man movies. So there's just something about it that I'm not, I can't, I can't put my finger on my low part up right now. Okay. Delvin, you want to help him out? I think that there's a low part that kind of would be with the character of Iron Man itself. And in that, I mean, I think the main villain in Iron Man 2 was Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Little Whiplash, little Justin Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. He's a dude with electrical whips. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> It's crazy. Iron Man's been around forever. He does have a couple of cool villains, but I mean, the fact that they kind of led with Whiplash kind of tells you a lot, right? There's just not really any huge Iron Man rogues gallery. When you don't have like that villain that you can play your character off of, the action in the movie is always going to suffer. Again, since Downey's brilliant, I'd watch Downey do three, four more movies easily because I know that he would carry the day. But you definitely need that bad guy to make the movie just pop. See, I liked it when all the other robots came on them. I liked mm-hmm. that part. Mm-hmm. And then when they got to... Like when him and yeah. him and Rhodey had to yeah. fight all the yeah. other I robots. That part. Right. Definitely. I agree with you guys. It suffers from a great villain. Although I really liked Sam Rockwell's portrayal of Justin oh, Hammer. He was a lot like of that. fun and added a lot of spice to it. But again, I think I mean, it really goes back to it. I think Iron Man is, is just kind of suffering from his source material. He doesn't have a lot of great villains. He's had a lot of really good story arcs like demon in a bottle and armor wars and stuff like that but even then there's not like an oomph villain his big villain is the mandarin and we'll discuss how that was terribly mishandled later on i think the big you know the big villain is him himself you yeah know? that's a good point and he has a lot of his yeah, own demons they, they do a little bit of that in there yeah i think i would have wanted more of that that might have helped fair enough well cool all right it comes back to delvin for the first thor movie delvin highs and lows man i'm trying to think of what i remember from the first thor movie or actually the second one <laughs> <laughs> well you're gonna lead you're gonna lead right into milo which is it's a good movies but they're forgettable <laughs> yeah the main thing i remember from the first movie is like, well, yeah, it's cool that Thor has his own movie and Loki is kind of bad and he's really stealing the show here entirely. <laughs> My plus would be the supporting cast and not just Loki, but they actually did a very good job fleshing out what Asgard was. Heimdall, Idris Elba doing that. That's cool. He's dreamy too. Yes, I don't care. Is. He I mean, is. Oh yeah, no. Doing the Dark Tower, which is awesome. I'm sorry, I digress. <laughs> but they got Heimdall and Loki, Odin, and then Jane Foster and the crazy scientist guy I can't remember. So the supporting cast really did help flesh out who Thor was and I thought that was cool. And we kind of are discussing the kind of bad part. It wasn't super memorable. It was like, yeah, Thor. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You go, man. And that was it. That would be the downside of it. I think Delvin hits it pretty good there. I love the cast. I can't say more about Jane Foster. Good cast using her. She was easy to look at. I'm a Lee Portman fan in the same sense that I think you are. And like restraining orders have been written. (laughs) But the other cast too, the scientist and the the friend. Another good thing is the imagery of it when they go to Thor's world. And I forget how to say that properly. Asgard. Oh, yeah. Asgard. I I was going to say Middle Earth. <laughs> I was thinking of something else, so sorry. Um, the effects and all that were really awesome in it. It's a lot more funner of a movie, too, I think, when you look at it in that aspect. Uh, my downside is, you know, it's just a movie. It was there. I think I was looking.
looking at it to more of okay how is this tying in now to the universe you know now that you're into the fourth movie you're going oh wait a minute they're doing something here and you're going okay yep. well let me get to the next. what's going on with this I think that's actually one of its stronger points was when they released it because I think if you'd thrown it too soon people would have been like what okay but it was like the hook had been baited yeah people, people were ready for more do you remember Jared like taught like when the Spider-Man movies came out and for a long time Marvel seemed like they were afraid to leave planet Earth yeah they didn't want audience to think oh well they're going off you know the you know the planet and I don't know what this is like they kept everything terrestrial right on planet Earth and once they got people's attention then you know you could drop a movie like Thor and I live on God planet or realm or whatever and everyone was like oh, okay word we got it that's cool <laughs> But you're right. Not at first. Not at first. You couldn't do it. To me, and that's just my own take on it, there may be, you know, people that are Thor supporters, but my thought is Thor, I know him. I haven't read him a lot, so it's my own issue that I have to deal with. So then I look at him as, again, here's a guy just like the Hulk needs that other supporting cast or the, those other interactions with another superhero to be with. Because I love him in Avengers. But it, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. we'll get to that part. So All right. <laughs> Overall, supporting cast is great. Like Dalton said, Loki was a breakout star. So, anyway, I think that brings back to me next for Captain America, the first Avenger. My highs and lows on that one. Highs, it looked really good. They nailed a lot of the cool World War II stuff. It's probably one of their best origin story tales. It had just about everything in it that I wanted it to have. The low, I still can't figure out why this is. I can't put my finger on why. But when you have an awesome villain, Red Skull, played by an awesome actor like Hugo Weaving, how did that become so darn forgettable? The Red Skull felt flat to me. And that shouldn't happen in the pantheon of Marvel villains. I mean, it's pretty much what Magneto, Doctor Doom, and the Red Skull. Those are your big three bad guys, in my opinion. And it, it just, I don't know, just kind of faded. It didn't pop, it just faded. But overall, I mean, I'm an easy win for Captain America. I love the character, so I like the story they told. Those are my thoughts, highs and lows. Who's passionate? Uh, Pat, go uh, ahead. Well, man. Captain America, I uh, agree. I loved it. it. It's visually, it was awesome. I'm a sucker for that throwback era of, you know, military like that. And how they did it and made it look authentic to me was really great. And that they just spent a lot of time in that era, which was even better, which grounds the character even more, I think, where you get where he's coming from then for further movies. I really enjoyed that. I can watch that thing over and over again. My down part, you caught on to something there, Jared, is with the Red Skull. There's really not a lot of interaction between him and Captain America, or him just being more evil. I was expecting him to be a little more evil. They could do so much, especially with, like you said, Hugo playing him. It's like, like wow. That would kind of be my downside, I, I would say. And I'll tell you, Jared, when you said, yeah, great actor, and he played the Red Skull, I'm like, oh, yeah, he fought the Red Skull. (laughs) Yeah, that happens. (laughs) Top three Pantheon Marvel villains, you know, Magneto, Doc Doom, Red Skull. Magneto has been a good guy and a bad guy. Doctor Doom, right now in the Marvel Universe, is a good guy. Red Skull (laughs) has never been good, ever. Even before, like, Doc made that turn, You could say, well, you know what? He is the sovereign leader of Latveria. He's looking out for his people, and he's ruling them how he's... See, you could try and put some spin on it, maybe, but nope. Skull? Nope. Nazi. (laughs) Terrible dude. Awful. (laughs) Bad person. (laughs) Yeah. Bad. Wrong. You know, it just... (laughs) And you're right. Again, since it was the Marvel first movie we're just introducing... Gonna get in and out, so who knows? Maybe they could revisit him fighting the skull because you're right, the skull is too important of a character to just have glossed over it like they did. That shouldn't have been forgettable. He spent more time fighting the soldiers than that he did the skull or Iron Man. Yeah, he has spent more screen time fighting Iron Man than he has the Red Skull. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. All right. So that is Captain America, the first Avenger. Pat, take us home on the final movie of phase one, which is the Avengers. My highs on that is it was totally awesome. You know, just to see a spectacle of them bringing all these characters together. And, you know, now that they've built up the actors and all that, it's just like, hey, let's get this band together and do this. You know, there was action. 
There was comedy. There was some suspense. There was effects. It was just mind-blowing when I saw it. I was like, holy cow, they really got something going on here. Mm. My downfalls, would it be the villains, I guess? Yeah. The Chitauri? You know, I'm like, oh, you know, I suppose I got to make it kind of big, but I feel sorry for the city because it really got pretty bad. <laughs> there's more good in it to me than i have any bad but just because i was i think my jaw dropped and i was just like oh man this is so awesome i would agree with that delvin yeah i just remember by that time you knew the build-up was coming and they're like they're gonna come out with an avengers movie a no kidding avengers movie and i can imagine pressure that john sweden felt you know i was like okay i kind of gotta hit a home on this because if I don't, then I'm going to be the doofus and everyone's going to remember me like that. I'm the doofus who screwed up the Avengers. And sure enough, it was just a great movie. It was a lot of action, a lot of characterization. Great movie. I'll stop there. <laughs> then hear a lot of downsides. Yeah, I don't think any of us have a lot of downsides for the Avengers. I think it's definitely brought all the pieces together in a way that we wanted to see it brought together. Yeah, the Chitauri make for a fairly generic enemy. When you got a big team like that, you almost have to. But at least they set them up well so that they were the foot soldiers for Thanos, which True. you didn't know True. until the end. True. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was pretty darn good. Pretty darn good flick. So that brings us home on all the movies for phase one. So gentlemen, get out your scorecards and let's give some movies some scores. Now, before we do that, I just want to let our listening audience know, I think it's painfully obvious that there's no movies in this phase or in phase two or any more movies that, that are bad. If you follow me on on my various podcasts, I do a James Bond podcast over on White Rocket Entertainment. We're doing something similar with the Bond movies. And we always kind of like to preface it with even the worst Bond movie is still a good movie. So same thing here. So don't anybody out there get upset if your movie gets scored with a one. One has to get a one. So that's the preface on that. All right. Let's get these numbers. So going back to Iron Man, six being the high number that you can give away, one being the low number that you give away, the original Iron Man. Delvin, what do you got? Oh, wow. I did my numbering wrong. So hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I can think quickly, though. Iron Man, the original Iron Man, is a five for me. Ooh, a five for Delvin. Four. At four. And Gerard scored it a five as well. So Iron Man did pretty well. Okay. Incredible Hulk. Uh, one. Pat, one. Delvin, one. One. And Jared gave it a three. I like it better than most. All Never right. One. Oh, just you wait. Iron Man two. Iron Man two. Let's go. I can't remember who I went first. Delvin, Iron Man two. Three. Three. Two Patrick. for Iron Man 2. Two for Iron Man 2. When you add that to my four that I gave it, it gets a nine. All right. Let's go into Thor. Pat, what do you three. got? Three. Delvin. I got two. Two. When you give it my two, it gives it a total of seven. Captain America, first Avenger. Delvin. Four. Four. Pat. Well, Gerard, Captain America, the first Avenger, <laughs> is going to be my number six, my top. Woo! And ironically enough, it got oh. my one. <laughs> what? I still love it, but it, it, the mishandling of the Red Skull just really torpedoed it for me. <laughs> you are you but, are not American, sir. You are not American. And you serve this country. How could yeah, you? Country. Well, just wait till you know we what? get to the next bracket, though. Wait till we get to the next bracket. I gave Winter Soldier some good score. All right. It brings us back to the Avengers. I don't remember who went first. So we'll just say, Pat, what'd you give the Avengers? Avengers gets five. Five. Delvin? Six. Six. When you yes, add sir. that to my six, that gives it 17. So let me tell you who's going to be making it out of bracket one into our semifinals. We are going to have, drum roll, the Avengers <laughs> is moving. <laughs> the Avengers is moving in. And... So is Iron Man. I think that's fair. I do too. Also okay. Because I had my top two movies. So, I mean, it proves that, you know. <laughs> they were my top two movies it. too. <laughs> Those are my top two movies too. All right. So only Pat is an idiot. Good to know. Okay. Before. <laughs> Someone's got to be. <laughs> All right. Before we get into giving our rundown of the phase two movies, we're going to take a podcast promo break to let you guys know about some other great shows or show that are out there. So we'll see you on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. Okay. I'm going to do the promo now. Really? Finally. Okay. Let's do the promo. What do you mean? Let's do the promo. I'm the one who has to do it. Well, can I with it then? Okay. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Thank you. 
Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, the Mighty Thor, the Captain America. Wow, being dramatic there, aren't we? Do, do you think it's too much? Should I back off? No, 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 you're fine. You, you're good. Okay. You've seen the Earth's mightiest heroes in the Avengers franchise of films. Now you can enjoy the stories that have inspired those films through the magic of comic podcasting. Magic of podcasting? You sure about that one? Well, yeah, because, you know, we're awesome. Like, magic. Only without actually seeing any magical things. Just go with it, go with it, go with it. Okay. Don't forget to tell them what we're actually doing on the show. Oh, oh yeah, okay. So join Lily Wilson, the awesomest teenage comics fan in the world, uh-huh. as her father takes her through all the early comics that feature characters from the Avengers franchise of films. And some that aren't in those films yet, but will be. Because we started with the anime before we had a full film. Oh, well, yeah. And don't forget Spider-Man. He's not looking at Avenger, but he's there. Oh, okay. So, um, maybe it should be that feature characters that have been, are currently, or will one day be in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Better. And where should they go not see this magical podcasty goodness? New episodes can be found... <coughs> do I have to do the voice? Yes, you do. Okay, okay. New episodes can be found at the Complete Marvel Reading Order website, cmro.travis-starns.com, and clicking under the Podcasts tab. Or on iTunes by searching Complete Marvel Reading Order, or just search for the name of the show itself. Um, Dad? Don't you think we should actually say the name of our show? Oh. Yeah! Avengers! Inspirations! Podcast! Listen and stuff. Yeah, good job, Dad. Thank you. Alright, let's jump back into Phase 2 and run down our brackets on this one. Delvin, how do you feel about kicking us off with the highs and lows of Iron Man 3? Iron Man 3, highs and lows. Let's see. I'm going to go with Robert Downey Jr. again as the high, you know, because you can be in any situation, apparently, and it'll turn out pretty much gold. Did another just solid performance in the movie where Iron Man was in uniform probably less than 10 minutes. Had to be. You were watching a Tony Stark movie. And it was okay because it was a third movie and Robert Downey Jr. is awesome and he can do no wrong with the character. So that's the plus. The downside of it is I'll go ahead and mention the Mandarin because people are just realistically disappointed by that. And they probably should, you know, it's like Mandarin is the bad guy for Iron Man. He's a badass in the comics and he could have been a bad on the screen and i guarantee you somebody just decided hey we don't think this is a good idea and no one's gonna believe magic rings so we're gonna make him into a internet something or whatever yeah it definitely brought the movie down i think it was you jared you and you me and Evans were you know text each other and y'all were ticked about it i'm like well okay i kind of see where they're coming from but if i'm gonna offer a critique about it yeah swing and a miss you can't go that far off the source material for such a iconic villain like that uh, well the highs again is downy now that you think about it you're right he's not in the suit that much that's where i think you know the first movie did real good too is that you got that person you actually kind of care for Tony Stark as he's making his way through and combating these personal issues that he has to deal with. The suit is more of an escape than it is helping him. Downside on it, yeah, the Mandarin. I didn't really like the villain. The villain behind it. Yeah, Aldridge. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, uh, I, I would have liked the Mandarin as, even didn't go with the Ten Rings and all, but making him, the way they were building him up in there would have been really cool. Like, you know, he's a bigger terrorist kind of guy that's gotten this global army out and, and, you know, actually doing these explosions. Find out that it's Aldridge doing it, it all behind the scenes. Like, eh, that's my low. There's one more downside. Was it Honest Movie Reviews, the YouTube? But it was hilarious because if you look at it, you know, Tony Stark, you know, the word that he uses to describe himself all the time is futurist but he's a futurist and then all of a sudden he's like you know what that's it hey bad guys here i am at iron man island located right here i'm sending you gs coordinates come get me and then was like oh my god i can't believe that they actually blew up my house like dude <laughs> that's kind of in the bad guy handbook at that point <laughs> since you literally told them where you are are you serious that just wasn't a move that tony stark would make that was really really dumb <laughs> yeah, I don't have much to add since I'm the third guy on on this. But yeah, I think you guys have covered it. I think 
story-wise, it might be the weakest of any MCU movie, in my opinion. And I admit I have bitterness over the Mandarin thing. I remember in the first movie, they talked about the Ten Rings organization. I'm like, oh, we're building towards it and towards it. And it was like, wow, 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 you know, and I was just like, no. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's the quintessential Iron Man thing. It's technology versus yeah. mysticism. And we still haven't seen it. If you ask me, hey, you know, a couple of Iron Man villains, you want to see them fight on screen? I'm going to say Mandarin and well, Fin see, Fang and That's Foom. the thing. You couldn't. Why wouldn't they have done it by now? Because of the mystical stuff with Thor and they had that yeah, build there to do that. And I think even if they would have done that as one movie, then you come back with Iron Man 4, where you actually find out that it's Aldridge doing all that. That would have been okay. Instead mm-hmm. of just doing that slow build up where you build up this guy who's like oh man that guy really is a bad you know and you got a great actor playing him yeah you got an academy award winner why not get to your advantage and then the fourth iron man movie then you could have used the ultra side of it and go wait a minute he, he was being puppeted by this guy that would have blew my mind to me the only way back from this if they bring the man the real mandarin into the next movie like there's a real mandarin and he's <laughs> off that, that he's been impostered yeah made a fool of or whatever but that's gonna be a hard one to pull off but i agree with you even though i think it's probably the worst story-wise mcu movie they've made i still love to watch it because uh it's pretty good. much because you know robert downey jr he's captivating and it's not it's not a bad movie it, it's great it's got again humor in it and then you know, him working with a kid, you know, it's that, hey, kid, get away from me. But wait a minute, I like you. Yeah. Because they're connected. <laughs> that was Delvin's take on Iron Man. So that leaves me with Thor The Dark World, which I am going to put in the same exact category as the last Thor movie. It's good. It has a great supporting cast, but it's very forgettable. And the yeah. one thing that stuck in my craw, especially about Dark World, was, spoiler alert, if you've never seen Dark World, you might want to skip ahead a couple of minutes. But when the bad guy dude, whose name I forget, <laughs> because it's a forgettable movie, killed Thor's mom, like, Loki lost it. Like, Loki yeah, was he just screamed mad out. Yeah, he screamed that his mind. mother was dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a different movie. A different movie. I don't know. He didn't like get as amped about it. It's like, and it's funny you reference sort of the Superman movie because it made me think of Man of Steel when they basically roughed up his mom and he just lost it. And I mean, he just started wailing on those dudes. And I was like, all right, man, they killed his mom. Thor's going to show him. Thor was like, nah, I'm just going to be Thor. But Loki was the one who was like, I'm going to show you guys what's what. And that kind of stuck in my craw. I was like, Thor, that should have been your moment, man. I mean, he lied away after he killed his mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'll catch y'all later. <laughs> again, that's minor. I mean, I still think it's a good movie. I like to watch it. Visuals are great. Yeah, just to, again, a little forgettable, but still a good flick. Yeah, I do agree with you there. I think the Thor movies are like a in-betweener of the bigger storyline that everybody's looking at. You know, it's like, okay, well, tell me a little bit more about the bigger storyline, and uh, we're going to throw in some Thor stuff on it, because you're right, I don't know who the bad guy was in this. Visuals, again, it was awesome. Visuals were awesome. Supporting cast, again, there, good. The bad stuff is, it is a forgettable movie, and what I remember are the things that tie into the other movies. I like the parts where you see the other supporting cast from... Oh, why do we keep forgetting where he's from? <laughs> Well, I've, got, I've got like Ragnarok on my mind or something like that. But, you know, you, you get the three and you get to see that supporting cast a little more when they're fighting the fights on Asgard and that or the, the different realms. That's what I got, Delvin. I think the bad guy was Melchith. Yes, maybe? that's what it was. And the reason why I remember that is like he's kind of a newer villain in Thor's rogues gallery. So I don't know why they decided to go new rather than old like they did. But yeah, basically forgettable. But you got to mention Loki again because Loki just sure. once again stole the show and had the great reveal at the end, of course. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched it about him taking Odin's place. They still haven't explained exactly how that happened yet or like the ramifications. Maybe they'll do that with Thor Ragnarok. It wasn't a bad movie. I remember watching it thinking it was good. It didn't overwhelm me with, you know, awesomeness or anything, but I did think it was a good movie. Out of the two Thor movies, which one was better? The second. It was just a little bit better of a launching point. Had a little bit of characterization, and it was cool. You kind of got the sense that, man, Loki, you're such a pain in the ass but I love you and I'm never going to stop loving mm-hmm. you because you're yeah. still my brother. That's a very cool dynamic to have and the person who pisses you off the most, he's done all this horrible crap. You still love him because you have all those memories together and you were raised together yeah. and all that stuff. Definitely the second one for me. Me too. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And my brother doesn't even show up to podcasts, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bastard. <laughs> 
I think Pat gets to weigh in on Camerica, The Winter Soldier. Uh, again, this is a solid movie for me. Now you see Captain America in our age. You get a lot more fury in this as well. Mm-hmm. I like that aspect of it. I think they could really pull off a good Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as a movie because they built up some of these characters now that they could do it that way. I think that would be kind of cool. Downside, some of it is Bucky, maybe a little bit. Just you know, kind of understand what they did to him and brainwashing and, and all that. But Some of Bucky you just yeah. don't dig on. That's all right. I guess there's not a lot to me that was bad about it. And I like Falcon. Bringing in Falcon was, was oh, yeah, you know, yeah. part was good and how they brought him in to it on Black Widow. You know, you know can't go wrong there. Yeah. I think I see so, what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, man. When it comes to Captain Winter Soldier, that was just a fun movie. Pat, you mentioned Bucky and to throw the actual comic book stuff into it. I can't remember what year. Maybe 05, 06, but Ed Brubaker, the writer, came out with this storyline about the Winter Soldier and then revealed that it was Bucky. And it's like, whoa. Because Bucky was one of those all-time dead characters. There's like Uncle Ben and Bucky. They're forever dead. And never to come back, ever. And all of a sudden, Brubaker comes back and revived Bucky. Just gave him this badass backstory and everything. So they brought this to the movies. And Bucky comes back and they did a great job with it. And then they did a great job with characterization of Captain America. And I don't think we've mentioned just Chris Evans. Man, he is just, he's killed at that role. He has done such a fantastic job as Captain America. And I was kind of skeptical because he did the Human Torch mm-hmm. first. And I was like, really? They're going to give him Captain America? That same... No, I was totally off but on that. I think uh, you bring up a good um, point there is the characters and the actors. The storyline, it was great. Yeah, and the actors. Yeah, and, but we're this far into this podcast and, well, we mentioned Robert Downey Jr., but I think the rest of the cast is like, I guess we don't say much about it because I think they're really good fits. Yeah, yeah all the fits yeah. are good. They have done a good job. I don't know whose job it is to do casting, but they never went just for that huge bit name for shock value. They went for a proper characterization of who they think would embody those characters. And I have no idea if Robert Downey Jr. Well, I guess he kind of do that they may have been onto something because he basically did Iron Man for Peanuts, but he got it in his contract that he got a percentage of every other movie that he appeared in after that. So Robert Downey Jr. is stupid rich now because of the Marvel <laughs> franchise. But all the other characters as well, just from Chris Evans and the rest, of, they have done just a fantastic job bringing the characters to the silver screen. I don't have a whole heck of a lot to add on Winter Soldier. I think you guys hit it. I love that movie. And I just reiterate what Delvin said. What a great comic book storyline. And to make it your second outing, I was nervous because like, I thought it required more of a buildup. But the way they brought it to the screen, they did a good job. I think it's as good as it could have been without the comic book buildup that we had for like literally decades. And Falcon as well. I got to gush a little bit about the Falcon just because I wouldn't say I always thought the Falcon was lame because I didn't. I thought he was, if anything, underused. And for them to give the Falcon a prominent role like that and make him an equal to Cap in a lot of ways, just as far as how they interacted with each other, even just from the beginning, you know, him running is like on your left. And he's like, what the the hell, man? (laughs) They did a great job with that, too. Agreed. When I first started reading Cap comics, he was partners with the Falcon. So it just, it always feels right to me. So I loved getting to see him on the big screen. Good deal. Delvin, you get to talk about Guardians. Oh, man. I'm just fanboying all over the place here now. Like, <laughs> I think like, Guardians surprised me. We mentioned it before. I knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. But, I mean, Star-Lord? Honestly, that name's kind of lame. I'm the <laughs> Star-Lord. Really? You know, like, so this is, like, I never ran to their comic books. Like, I remember reading about Adam Warlock, Drax the Destroyer. Like, Drax was, like, a big, dumb goof. And Gamora. I knew about characters, but I didn't really care about them. And then Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, and there's just like, wow. It's probably the best. I mean, we've already talked about good characterization in other movies. Like, this movie probably had the best characterization that Marvel has done. By the end of that movie, you knew about, or actually had an 
a vested interest in every one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And they still managed to incorporate a pretty good action-paced storyline where Yondu was just a jerk. And then, you know, the Infinity Stone, are they calling it Infinity Stone? They are, right? I think they are. I think they are. It was fantastic. I really can't think of a bad thing to say about it. Partly because I just watched Guardians 2. Y'all don't know how badly. I don't even want to say spoiler alert and then anything. You two haven't watched it. I won't say a thing about it. Other than, I'll say this much. I pretty much never cry or anything at movies. And I didn't cry at this one. There was a part at the end. And this is more for Jared than you, Pat. But Jared, there's one part at the end. I swear if you don't well up on it. Like it ain't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, no, I'm not a movie crier. <laughs> you definitely I, are a movie crier. I am like, a movie crier. Backdraft. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was that's coming. My, my... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Guardians. Fantastic movie. The original Guardians. It was just a platform for Marvel in so many ways where they're like, we can't do any wrong at this point because we have a formula and it works. All right. Now you're going to be able to top that. Pat, what do you got? Guardians? Uh, I agree with the whole thing, too. Uh, it was a movie that surprised me when I got out of it. I was like, holy cow, this was a great, fun movie. Everything that built the characters. I, I didn't know much about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I've heard of them. In my collection, I've only gotten a couple issues and that had to deal with when their interactions with Infinity, either the Gauntlet or Infinity War in those kind of series that were where I had to pick that up to see what was going on. Had some interest in looking at them before the movie came out, before the movies got bigger with the Nova Corps and all that. But seeing that definitely brought me a more interest into understanding them a little bit more. Bad stuff? Ah, boy. <laughs> can't really say i got a bad thing yeah, about it i know i think devil mentioned you know they kept it earthbound for a while right and now it's just out there yeah and you're like holy cow there is a <laughs> universe that is out there and you know i want to know more about it yeah guardians is a dang near perfect movie i think we all know you're gonna be able to tell what score i gave it when i tell you it's my favorite marvel movie hands down all of us said the same thing we didn't know a lot about it so we didn't have any preconceived notions we didn't think this is what it needs to be cool. and so when they presented us this amazing swashbuckling like Delvin said, with a heart of gold. I mean, at the heart of it, it's a story of friendship. Yeah. It's a beautiful story of friendship because that's yeah. ultimately what saves them all at the end. Yeah. I, I didn't well up and cry at it or anything. All right, maybe you, I did. Probably you <laughs> But uh, you know what? Screw you for judging well, me. It's an awesome it movie. Gets you, yeah, it gets all you right. with Groot. Yeah, the Groot thing gets me. All of them are, are outcasts, outsiders, and they just come together as a family. And I just I think I it, love it. I, love I think it. it also had me at Uga Chaka. <laughs> One of the things they got a lot of credit for was how they woke yeah. the soundtrack throughout the movie. It made perfect sense because this dude was on planet Earth during the 80s. Yeah, they nailed it. I get to kick things off to talk about Avengers Age of Ultron, the highest for me are the same ones for the last Avengers movie. It was great to see all those people back together again. It is a amazing spectacle piece. And I think that's maybe the only downside I have about it is that more than any others, Age of Ultron felt like more spectacle piece than any kind of moving storyline to me. I still think it's a great movie, but it just didn't quite grab me like the first one. So that's my thoughts on it. Who wants to jump in on this? I'll go. I do agree with that. It's a spectacle movie. I mean, because it's the Avengers and they're all together and stuff. I wish that they would have spent... A little bit more time in the trailers or the postscript and other movies kind of developing Ultron a little bit because that seemed a little bit forced because Tony Stark kind of came across kind of like Hank Pym did back in the day when he's like, hey, I'm going to create this whole sentient robot thing. No way this goes wrong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude. Again, you're the futurist. You can kind of figure out why that would go wrong, right? Yeah? <laughs> no? You, you didn't? Didn't think that far, huh? Okay. Got it. Uh, so, I'm on like a comic book forum and on Facebook and stuff like that, and people really crap on this movie. And I didn't crap on it out of 10. I'd probably say it's about a 7. I didn't think it was that bad, and it was definitely good seeing all the cast of characters back and how their interactions had changed. So, so mm -hmm. I thought it, it did a great job of leading the way into Captain America Civil War as well. So it, it definitely had some good points to 
I do agree with you guys on that. You saying that it leads into Captain America Civil War. I think I want to go back and watch that now. Watch Age of Ultron with that thought in my head to catch that a little bit more yeah. than before. I guess I wasn't looking at it that way. You know, it's great to see the band back together again, everybody, and, you know, they add some extra people. And then I do agree the low part was Ultron, the buildup. Next thing you know, he's this all-powerful in only, you know, a matter of a couple minutes or so. I would have liked to see them, you know, struggle with him a lot more. Yep. Yeah, I think that's fair. Pat, take us home with your thoughts on Ant-Man. Ant-Man. I liked it. My high points, the comedy on it, they totally went a little more, <laughs> you know, comical on it, but it fit it. I really liked it. Yeah. Downside is I would have liked to see some wasp. That's not a euphemism, <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I enjoyed the movie. I don't really have a... I don't think they do a lot with the villains so much as building them up. Let me see how the bad guys get to become really, really bad guys. <laughs> Show me a bad yeah. guy movie. If you can get me hooked on a, a bad guy, you should do two movies. One is a good guy becoming good. And now let's build up the bad guy and really get them going at each other. The drawback of doing that, if they came out with a movie that had a bad guy, which is an awesome premise, but you know how movies goers react to that. At that point, they kind of want to root for the bad guy. But yeah, you should though. I think that would be great because then you have, you know, whose side are you on? Yeah, you may know the good guy's going to win in the end, but... I tell you, I root for Magneto in pretty much every one of those movies he's in. <laughs> I do. That Fastbender dude, I think he's awesome, but we're not talking about X-Men. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to see bad guy. Why is he that way? And you kind of love to hate him. You know, like Loki is that guy you, you love to hate. Dr. Doom could be that because Dr. Doom, yeah, he fights Fantastic Four a lot, but he genuinely cares about the people of his country. Man, they haven't gotten a Dr. Doom correct on the silver screen yet. He is such a complex character. Well, they're doing a solo book with him now. He's parading around as Iron Man, though. But they've done books about Doom before because the character is just fascinating. He is just a great character. See, that's what I would think. You you take that kind of a character and you build him up. And then, you you know, you build up that superhero, too. And it's like you you root for the hero, of course, at the end. But then you're also like, does he really got to take him out? Can he just kind of put him away? Or I hate to see the bad guy win, but the hero wins. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not trying to explain something. but Yeah, I get what you're saying to save time since you do know the title of the movie and then like whoever they're introducing they got to kind of quickly establish that that dude just kind of ain't really a nice guy so they got to do some not nice guy stuff it's like hey kids you want some candy no you can't have candy (laughs) (laughs) that bastard he didn't give that little kid some candy you know and you know that's the bad guy now and that kind of happened in ant-man yellow jacket you can kind of tell almost like how he was just sneering the entire time you know yeah he's definitely the bad guy yeah there wasn't a surprise there i really liked it i think for a very similar reason of guardians of galaxies i didn't know a lot about scott lang or ant-man so it was like a more of a clean slate and i ended up really enjoying it yeah i enjoyed it too definitely just funny is all hell and between him and why can't i remember his partner's name the dude that was in chips of course i didn't see chips but that dude was funny as hell. And then T.I. in the movie also. Like, the, them as a crew, they were funny. But the action actually turned out to be good as well. They made Ant-Man yeah. cool. That's just another one of those improbable wins for Marvel where Ant-Man he was an original founding event in the comic books. You know, there's no way they're going to go through all the history of Hank Pym on the screen because that would just be a little bit too dark. But at the same time, they still did a good job. It was a fun movie. Definitely would be looking forward to seeing Ant-Man 2. I don't know how Ant-Man is ever really going to play a big role in the rest of the universe because even in Captain America Civil War, they're kind of like, Ant-Man's like, I can help. And they're like, yeah, get out of the way, Meg. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he's ever going to have like a huge role besides that, even though it was cool that he grew to Goliath in that movie. Yeah. Overall, I did like the movie. Well, boys, it might be time to run some scores. Let's do it. Let's do it. Phase two. Iron Man three. Delvin, what do you got? Got a two. Two is exactly what I scored it at. What'd I you give, give it four. at? All right. Nothing wrong with that. I gave Thor Dark World my one, even though I still like it a lot. I Pat, what'd you one. give it? Delvin? One's across the board. Mm. Oh, Dark World. So sad. <laughs> I don't see him making it to the playoffs. <laughs> 
Winter Soldier, Pat? Five. Oh, nice. Delvin. Winter Soldier got a five from me. And it got a five oh, from no. me. Delvin, what'd you get for Guardians? Guardians got my six, man. Six. Patrick? And it got oh, my six, boy. so we oh, it is cleared. We don't even have to score the <laughs> others. I, I see where this is going, but we'll do it just for, for yeah, sake of saying we did it. On Age of Ultron, I gave it my three. <laughs> Pat, what did two. you do, Delvin? Jared, did we have the exact same scores for everything. <laughs> Age of Ultron got my three. Also, we did. <laughs> we did. You we guys. absolutely did. So you gave Ant Man a four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. We have the exact same <laughs> scores. And that means, Pat, you gave it a three, didn't you? Uh, yes, I gave it a three. Awesome. So the big winners going into the final four bracket from phase two are Captain America Winter Soldier and Guardians. Man, I feel vindicated, you know, in my <laughs> comic book taste. Both of my top choices for both phases advanced. I wonder if I can say the same. I know I can on two. Yeah, mine too. Do you have this jotted down? You have Avengers, Iron Man... Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Guardians. Mm-hmm. I will give you 60 seconds to score them, gentlemen. Oh, dang. Four, three, two, and one. Make it happen. Where's the top? Four points to your favorite. And so on from it. This is hard, man. This is this hard. Man, this is... All right, mine's done, but I had to go with my gut. God, this is difficult. <laughs> Wait till we get to the la- very last round and we get our last right. two. Hello, I'm here. Hey. Yay, it's Jason! We just got the final four. Would you like to know who made it? Yeah, tell me who the final four is. The final four is the Avengers, the first Iron Man, Captain America Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy made it to the final four. Guardians of the Galaxy is the only movie that got a perfect score in the initial run-through. So it's looking like it might be the champ, but we'll check it and make sure. So it's Avengers, Captain America Winter Soldier, Iron Man, and... The yep. Those are the final four. And All speaking right. of which, you can listen to live scoring because uh, let's do this, boys. Avengers, Delvin, what did you give it? Avengers got my four. Ooh. Four. Ooh. Yes, good, Delvin. All right, Delvin, Ooh. you're worthy. You can sub for me anytime. All right, Pat. <laughs> Avengers, oh, what did you score? It it? Three. Three. Ooh, Pat. And when you add it to my um, <clears throat> one, <laughs> uh, it gets eight. <laughs> you get you, oh, it, oh it, that's it, why I can't trust oh. Jared. Can't trust him. On. Have fun watching so. Haunted Collector. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have to bleep that, Pat, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> I will have fun watching Haunted Collector. <laughs> oh man, my sides hurt. So we got four, three, one for the Avengers. And then I'm going to come in and I'm going to score it a four, too. So. Okay, I'm going to write that down with my fake pencil. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Iron Man. Pat, what'd one. you score it? One. Delvin. One. One. I gave it a two, so it came out with four. One. All right, one from Jason. <laughs> Captain America Winter Soldier. Three. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Delvin. <laughs> Apparently, me and Jason, I took his place on the podcast, but we got the same scores here, too. Okay. I, I got three. Well, Jason, if you're feeling good about that, you should know that in the phase two in all six movies, Delvin and I scored them exactly the same. Okay. Pat, what'd you do for Winter it, Soldier? It's my two. It's your two. I also gave it a three, so it gets the whopper of eight. All right. Guardians of the Galaxy, Delvin. Two. Two. Four. Pat. Four, which gives it ten, which means Jason's appearance actually mattered because (laughs) we had a a tie for second place. So here's who's going to the finals. It's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy versus Avengers. We had a tie at eight, but because I actually wrote down Jason's scores, he tipped uh, Avengers over Captain America Winter Soldier. Let's go to our original tiebreaker of who that was going to Oh. Well, uh, we would oh, use Jason, the original. I just want to... No, 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 that's fine. What did Mrs. Sampson score Winter Soldier? She scored that a four. Okay, and what did she score Avengers? Avengers was a six. So it would have worked out either way. It worked out either way. All right, so our original tiebreaker, which was Mrs. Sampson, <laughs> stands firm with Jason. Our this final... Is pretty smart. Let's do the finals, boys. You got Guardians and you got Avengers. Give it a one or a two. My scores are done. My scores are done. Scores locked in. <laughs> locked in as well. I'm running out of room on my loose No whammies, no whammies. All right. Here we go. Pat, what'd you score Guardians of the Galaxy? (laughs) One. Delvin? One. Jason? One. Guardians got my two, which means you guys gave the twos, which means our champion is the Avengers.
right. Well, it's a good thing I called in. I'm going to hang up on you guys now and watch Haunted Collector with my wife. Tell Julie I said hi. Take it easy, Jason. Good hearing you. All right. Good talking to you, Delvin. Hope you, you can get on the show again some more. If they let me on, I'd come back. So there we have our champion and our first and only ever Marvel Cinematic Universe World Cup of Movies. The champion is the Avengers. It was well fought by Guardians of the Galaxy, which came into second place. I can live with that. I'm a Guardians guy through and through, but I can live with the results. Man, Avengers was, dude, it was just the movie. I still remember just geeking out. Like sitting down to watch that movie. I cannot believe Marvel Universe has gotten it to this point. This is crazy. Guardians was like that mm-hmm. pleasant surprise, but Avengers was a four or five year yeah. long buildup and then it absolutely delivered. That's why it got over the top mark well, for me. And so legit. Avengers opened that gate to that bigger team movie with Guardians. You know, you could have, you know, a variety of characters now put together and actually go, you know, this is gonna work because it worked with Avengers, why wouldn't you know? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah, team I, movie. you may be right. I think the best team movie that came out before Avengers was probably X two. Yeah, X two was fantastic. X three, but, uh, <laughs> but X- see, I, <laughs> I actually like X three. What? <laughs> but you gotta oh. remember, I'm not an X steeped person, so I go into like I like X Men Origins Wolverine, but I don't have a lot of background if, on it. I think if they had X Men in the Disney side of thing, that would be really awesome. Now, yeah. I'd pay money yeah. for that. Maybe what That's a wrap on this lost episode of Longbox Crusade. If you'd like to throw in your thoughts, check out the show on Twitter at Longbox Crusade or Facebook, also Longbox Crusade, or you can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. And audio files are welcome to send to that address as well. Feel free to record your comment or question, and we just might play it on an upcoming episode. That email again is contact at longboxcrusade.com. On behalf of Pat, Delvin, Jason, and myself, thanks for listening. And if you made it all the way through this lost episode, bad audio and all, drop us a Twitter comment with hashtag lost episode warrior. Once again, that's hashtag lost episode warrior. The first person to use that hashtag will get a free signed copy of my comic, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, mailed right to their front door. Good luck, and we'll see you around the long box.